Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Warning, warning. This topic is rated M.A. for Mature audience. You know, we need to talk about some things that are adult topics. And don't worry, we'll keep it clean. But they are adult topics of which we need to speak to adults about. So, um, and I think that the subject matter is not necessarily appropriate for children. We need to talk about these things. You know, we teach verse by verse here at Calvary Chapel, as many of you know. And uh, there are many advantages of uh, teaching verse by verse, but uh, there are also some disadvantages of teaching verse by verse. And some of the disadvantages is oftentimes, sometime actually, we come across those topics that, you know, I as a pastor would rather not teach. See, I like to teach like all pastors. We love to teach warm, fuzzy, happy, joyous messages that make you feel comfortable and make you want to just run out of here and praise God for Jesus. That's the kind of message I like to preach, but that's not always the message that the Bible gives to us. And so we have to deal with uh, um, topics that we don't necessarily like to teach. We're going to talk about the topic of divorce. I call it the D word, divorce. Not my favorite topic, although let me just say to you, I want to deal with it. You guys know me. I want to deal with it squarely and biblically. Most certainly not trying to be offensive or hurt anybody's feelings, but we need to stay biblical about anything that we talk about from this pulpit. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Let me just say to you, first of all, Malachi 2.16, Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, it simply says this, God hates divorce. God hates divorce. Now, does God hate divorced people? No. Please say no. No. God does not hate divorced people. But God does hate divorce. Why? Because, listen, God knows divorce is a painful process which kills families, robs children of healthy relationships. Divorce leaves people emotionally scarred for life. Divorce shatters dreams and it shatters commitments and commitments are broken and People are left in financial ruin. If you've been through a divorce, you hate it. And if you hate it, how much more does God hate divorce? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Matthew chapter 19. Did I tell you that? No. Matthew chapter 19. I'm telling you now. Turn to it. Matthew chapter 19, uh, beginning in verse 1. 
Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, we'll read through verse 9. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judah beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, read that with me, would you? What God has joined together, let no man separate. Well, then they said to him, well, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Taking notes, write it in your Bible, Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 through 4. That's what they're talking about. Why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Well, he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted. Now, this is important. You to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, that's not the way it was. And I say to you in verse nine, whosoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, underline that, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If you were with us last week, you know that Jesus had just finished talking about forgiveness. I just find that fascinating right up front. He had just talked about forgiveness and now he's talking about the D word divorce. So he leaves the area of Galilee in chapter 18 Into Judea, he's headed, now mind you, he's headed toward Jerusalem. The multitudes are following him. Why? Because he was healing and doing miracles. But as always, I like to call them the return of the vipers, the Pharisees. Jesus called them a brood of vipers. That was a bad name in those days. See, in these days, if you call somebody a brood of vipers, they go, duh, so Well, hurt my feelings, you know, in those days, man, you call somebody a brood of vipers. That was like the worst insult. So here we have the return of the vipers, the Pharisees. They're lurking in the background. They came to Jesus and they said, "Uh, Mr. Jesus, they said, is it ever okay to get a divorce? Now, they said that tempting him. Why? Because in those days, there were basically two schools of thought as it relates to divorce. There was what I like to call the old school. That would be the conservatives. The rabbi, there was a rabbi by the name of Shammai. And he taught that divorce could only be granted in the case of uncleanness, which they interpreted as sexual immorality. That was one school of thought, conservative, the old school. And then there was a more liberal school with a rabbi named Hillel. And he taught, this school taught, that you could divorce your wife for almost any reason. Any reason. If she burned your toast, you could say, that's it, you're out of here. If she put too much salt in your eggs, you could divorce her because she has assaulted you. (laughs) 
Moving right along. <laughs> they also said, get this, if you saw a woman, you went over someone's house, and this lady's house was really, really clean. And, and the house was like spotless. And you looked at your wife and you said, hey, you're not as clean as her. Then you could divorce her. They categorized that as uncleanness, that she was cleaner. You could divorce for any small, insignificant reason. Sound familiar? And that's what people are doing today, divorcing for any small or insignificant reason. And so they came to Jesus, asking him the question. They were trying to get Jesus to pick sides. But instead of picking sides, instead of getting into Shammai and Hillel, Jesus, what does he do? He challenges their knowledge of the law. Look at it again in your Bibles. Jesus said in verse 4, have you not read? He challenges their knowledge of the law. Have you not read he who made them made them male and female from the beginning? Jesus says, I don't want to deal with what this person says or what that person says or what this school teaches or that school teaches. Jesus said, hey, let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about marriage. God said, Jesus said, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. The two shall become one. Jesus is simply saying, guys, you are preoccupied with divorce. But this wasn't God's plan, purpose or desire in the beginning. Now, let me just go on record to say marriage is a union between one man and one woman. Amen, saints? It's not a union between Adam and Steve or Eve and Eva. Say amen. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. That's not a union. It's not two females and one male. It's not two males and one female. It's not group marriages or any other variation. It's one man and one woman. And I don't care what would be president who would talk about civil unions. I don't care. That's not biblical. Marriage is divinely appointed union by God. It is established by God. Therefore, only God can control it and God controls its laws. Civil law cannot supersede God's law. It's divinely appointed union. It's a permanent union. God's design was for one man and one woman to spend their life as one together. It's permanent. And not only is it divinely appointed a union and a permanent union, but marriage is also a physical union. A physical union. They become one flesh, which speaks of physical, sexual union. Not one spirit, not one socially, not one living together, but one flesh sexually. You see, that's why it's important not to have sexual relationships outside of the bonds of marriage. Because what happens is something very spiritual, something very mystical, listen, something very spiritual, something very mystical and miraculous happens when two people come together. Can I explain it? No. But it happens. That's why when two people have sex outside of marriage, all of a sudden there's guilt. 
when two people have sex outside of marriage, all of a sudden they start thinking, hey, well, maybe, maybe we, we better get married. That only happens in humans, you understand? That doesn't happen in the animal kingdom. When animals have sex, they don't start thinking about getting married. You understand? It doesn't happen. So this tells us that God has created marriage. God has created sex. And when you come together, there's something miraculous and mystical and, and, and awesome that happens that brings you two into one. That's why if you have not already given yourself away, don't do it. Giving a little piece of you away every single time. And then by the time you marry somebody, ain't much of you left. That's what happens. So it's important. God made one flesh. God brings it together. And and what happens is when people are joined together in marriage, when that joining together is ripped apart because one has joined to someone else in adultery, that's what brings death. It brings spiritual death, it brings emotional death, and it brings physical death. So Jesus says, leave and cleave. Leave your father and mother. Cleave to one another. Cleave to one another. Husbands, wives, be best friends. Be best friends. When you get married, fellas, it's over. I mean, in the best sense of the word. I mean, <laughs> say amen, fellas. Amen, yeah, man. All right, pastor, now you're preaching. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I mean is that it's over in the single life because some folks get married, they ain't ready to be married, that you need to be single because you still think you can hang with the boys. You can't hang with the boys anymore, at least not. With her permission. <laughs> you know, it's time to join together. You leave and cleave everyone else and you join. Yeah, do you have healthy relationships? Sure. Do you have buddies? Yeah. And you guys, you go bowling. Yeah, that's cool. All that's great. But, you know, hanging out and all this stuff here, that's, that's over. And if you want to still hang out, then don't get married. Just don't get married. That's all. Say, do yourself a favor and do her a favor. Just don't get married. But when you get married, you leave and cleave. Mom and dad, you leave and cleave. In-laws, stay out of it. In-laws, stay out. Try to stay out of it. I'm an in-law, and I, uh, and I try to stay out of it. <laughs> Did I say that right? So you know what I mean. So then notice in verse 7. Then notice in verse 7. So they thought that they had trapped him. They said, aha. Jesus, you are saying we shouldn't divorce our wives, but Moses, the lawgiver, he commanded us to give a writing of divorce to give to our wives. Now, again, the Pharisees are quoting Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 through 4, which says when a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, sends her out of his house when she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. If the latter husband detests her and writes her a certificate of divorcement, puts it in her hand, sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies who took her as a wife, then her former husband who divorced her must not take her back. But to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination to the Lord. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. You see, Moses, Moses did not, and be clear, Moses did not, I repeat, 
did not command, require, recommend, or sanction divorce. He did not. Moses is putting restrictions or guidelines on divorce. Moses is simply saying, when you do divorce, here are the guidelines. Someone once said, Moses is giving a divine concession for human weakness. I like that. And these guidelines would do two things. Number one, it would cause you to slow down and not hastily divorce. Because once she's gone, Deuteronomy 24, once she's gone, she's gone, you can't have her back. The former husband cannot have her back. Number two, it would give time to find a scribe. Find a scribe? What's that mean, Rodney? That means it would give them time to cool off and maybe go get some counseling or talk to someone who can help them to understand God's will for them. You see, it would give them that time to cool off, not do anything too hastily, and then cool off, and then go get some counseling. Let me just tell you, if you're contemplating divorce this morning, may I suggest, may I suggest, think long and hard before you do. I can't tell you not to divorce. Who am I? I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you this, think long and hard before you do. Find a scribe. Find a counselor. Take the time to seek out good Christian counseling counseling from the word of God. And can I tell you something? You don't have to hire a psychologist if at 150 bucks an hour. I mean, if you really want to spend 150 bucks an hour on counseling, then give it to me. No, I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to. You know what you need to do? You find yourself, and listen, I got in trouble for this statement about a month ago, but I'll say it again because I think it's true. You need to find a spirit-filled, born-again believer who believes in this word and believes in the infallibility of the word of God, who can counsel you from the scriptures. That's all you need. And then you also need to be willing to take that counsel and go and do it. You see, what happens more often is when we go to counseling or we go find a scribe, we already made up our minds. I have talked to more people that come in, they've already made up your, you've already made up your mind. Well, if you've already made up your mind, then why are you finding a scribe? I mean, look, go do what you're going to do. But if you really want the heart of God and you really want to seek God and you really want to know God and you really want to know God's will for your life, then find a spirit-filled, born-again believer who knows the word of God, who can counsel you in the things of God, and they'll say, hey, this is what God... And then you say, you make up in your mind before you go there, hey, what they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Whatever they show me from the word of God, I'm going to do it. And then you give God an opportunity to move in your life and to move in your marriage. You don't need secular counseling. Don't go to the world for counseling. Amen, saints? Don't go to the world for counseling because the world's going to mess you up. The world's view of divorce is whack. (laughs) I'm the only one. (laughs) This is nuts. The world is nuts. It's crazy what they think. People are getting divorced for all kinds of stupid reasons. You can get a divorce for irreconcilable differences. What is that? Oh, well, we don't get along. So what? Nobody in marriage gets along. So join us. (laughs) 
so what? Oh, you don't get along with you. Oh, we ain't reconciled. Well, he keeps leaving the toilet seat up. So? Men have been doing that for years. Did you not know this before you married him? Of course. Irreconcilable differences. I'm amazed that in our culture, there was this lady, a young lady, and I love this little story. This young lady was talking to a marriage counselor, and she said, when I got married, I was looking for an ideal, but I married an ordeal, and now I want a new deal. <laughs> Isn't that true? Divorce and remarriage is acceptable in our culture. Might I add, even the norm. Even the norm. Right now in the United States, nearly every state has what is called a no-fault divorce law, which makes divorce almost as easy as marriage. In Sweden, Sweden has a one-day divorce law. If you have no children under the age of 16, you can get an immediate, no-questions-asked divorce. Did you know Americans has 50% divorce rate? More people are part of a second marriage today than the first. Online yesterday, just type in divorce. You can get a divorce now for $249 online. $249. I'm walking in the Hallmark store in Rochester. I'm thinking I've been away from my wife for a couple days. My life has been crazy. I was thinking to send her a card. On three, everybody say, oh, one, two, three. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I didn't send it. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get around to it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm walking in. And, and, you know, divorce is such a norm. You know something is a norm when Hallmark starts making cards about it. You know it's a norm. Listen at this. One card reads, happy anniversary to my former in-laws who are still in my heart. Another one reads... Congratulations on your marriage. This ought to work out. Third time is always a charm. And here's my favorite. Holiday wishes to my former grandparents. I discovered, I divorced your grandson, not you. Is that not a little weird to you? It's like Hallmark, good grief. I used to love your commercials, but now I'm having second thoughts. I mean, our culture, divorce is the norm. So they thought these guys, these Pharisees, the brood of vipers, the return of the vipers, they, they thought that they had Jesus trapped. But notice in verse 8 in your Bibles, Jesus answered them, the reason Moses gave the law was because of what? The hardness of your heart. You see, Moses allowed it, but from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus is saying Moses didn't command divorce. He allowed it because they hardened their hearts and refused to obey God and forgive. Now, let me talk to, in context, the Christian marriage. That's who I need to address. Honestly, I don't know what to say if somebody is not a Christian. But to the Christian, I can appeal to you because the Holy Spirit is living in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. So to the Christian, let me address. Let me say, Christian, Christian marriage is the most wonderful thing on the earth. I can say that because I know that to be true. On three, everybody, all. One, two, three, all. I really mean it. Christian marriage is wonderful. 
The world wants you to think it's boring. The world wants you to think that marriage is uninterested and unexciting. Reminds me of a little girl, she said, in describing the marriage, she said, Christians have only one spouse. It's called monotony. No. You see, the world wants you to think monogamy. The world wants you to believe that marriage is monotonous. It really isn't. The simple truth is, as to why Christians divorce, the hardness of the heart. I think it boils down to that. One person won't repent of sin, and the other person won't forgive you. That's all it takes. One person will harden their heart toward you, God, the Holy Spirit, and other believers, and your marriage will end with a diagnosis of sclerosis of the heart. That's the hardening of the heart. That's how your marriage will end. So we can't forget. You know, Satan is attacking the Christian marriage. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.